Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. If this is your first time, it's so good to have you here. It's really exciting introducing people to this work and the conversations we have on this show. And if you are returning, get ready to go deep, because that is exactly how I would describe today's episode with guest Dominic Cortuccio. Dominic is an international speaker, executive coach to high-performing men and women in burnout-rich environments. Oh, I think many of us can relate to that. He is an outspoken leader of men doing inner work and co-hosts The Great Man Within podcast, a high-performing men's guide to personal development, which ironically has an audience 50% comprised of women. His live event series, The Discerning Dick, Sexual Wisdom for the Modern Man, also attracts an audience of 50% women who want to support men doing inner work in their sexual lives. He is the author of Design Your Future, Three Steps to Stop Drifting and Take Command of Your Life. He runs both men's retreats and women's retreats for those looking to intentionally design the next decade of their life. And his work has been featured in the New York Times, NPR's All Things Considered, and on the TEDx stage. You can find more about Dominic after you listen to this awesome podcast at doinnerwork.com. You're going to hear this on today's show, but Dominic is definitely a seasoned speaker. He is excellent in delivering his message in a way... It's really calming to the nervous system, really grounded and really connected to his truth. Now, I've got to say, this interview is fairly graphic in some senses. So if you have little ears around, highly recommend you put on your headphones. And with that, I will also give a trigger warning because we're going to be talking about sexuality. We're talking about taboo and we're talking about some of that darker energy, the holding of the throat kind of energy. So if you are sensitive to that content, please take that into consideration before diving into this episode. And another thing that is so exciting is today is the first day in six years of having this podcast that we have. Transcripts. That's right transcripts brought to you by people who do transcripts we have transcripts of the podcast moving forward guess where you can find that my website maddiemoon.com dot com dot com that's where you'll find everything so if you want to listen to this here and then go back and highlight record the notes write down quotes do all of that really beautiful nerdy stuff that we all love to do in this personal development world and study what the guests are saying now you can rest you can relax when you listen to these episodes knowing full well you don't have to take all the notes because the transcripts they're already there waiting for you so the transcripts for this episode are going to be at dominic cortuccio okay maddiemoon.com forward slash dominic cortuccio and you can get everything we talked about there i mean literally everything now will be written down which is pretty freaking sweet So remember that moving forward, whenever you're listening to these episodes, you don't have to be taking down rigorous notes, even though I know you're probably going to anyways, you can just go to the website and then print them, which is so much easier. Today, before we jump in, I'm going to talk about something that came up for me this week. So I've been writing a lot this week, like really on my Instagram, going deeper into into the truth of, of what I believe in. And specifically, I wrote a post and you can go, I'll include the post in the show notes to this episode 
where I am in a bathtub and I talk about how we as the feminine desire for you as the masculine who's ever listening to this who is the masculine to not let us get away with closing our hearts because we don't like to do that we don't like to complain as the feminine or nag or close our hearts or withhold from you we want to give you our best but sometimes we're gonna test you we're gonna close our hearts we're gonna see if you have i'm gonna be bold about this if you have what it takes to open our hearts and stand up to us not in a way that is repressive of us or neglecting our pain. In fact, it's the complete opposite. What the feminine craves is to be in relation to a, a human. And let's say that we're going to say in this scenario that I'm speaking for all the women who desire to be in a polarized relationship where they are in the feminine and their partner is in the masculine. I fully acknowledge and I've acknowledged this in all my episodes that that's not what everyone wants. And that's totally cool. That's just not what I'm talking about this morning. This morning I'm talking about a human who is desiring a polarized relationship. The feminine who's desiring to be led deeper into her heart and how that serves her. And I've been writing a bit about this, about how the feminine craves a masculine partner who will not settle for her to have a closed heart, will stand up to that. I'm reading a book right now called The Masculine and Leadership. And one of the things that he says is, if a man cannot stand up to her, he cannot stand up for her. And she will feel that. And we're going to talk a bit about this today, this dynamic, and that's why I'm dropping this in now. The confusion I've been receiving and, and a lot of the comments that I receive around that post that I wrote recently that I will include in the show notes, it comes from people who are not of this space in this world. So when they hear me write about uh, the feminine desiring to be led, a lot of times they get triggered because that's not the world that they're in. And most people who are listening to this podcast are already in this world. You're already familiar that it is not taking anything away from you as a feminine creature to be led. It is not led because you can't lead yourself. You are being led because of a choice and because it actually leads you further into your heart and it's empowering. That said, even if you already know that, it's important for me to come back to this time and time again. And one of the things Dominic and I are going to talk about in today's podcast is how it is actually the heightened of a woman's empowerment to say, I am strong AF. I am capable of leading myself. I am capable and self-aware and I choose to let go and surrender. I choose dark love in this moment where my warrior priestess goddess is actually being pinned down by his consciousness because I know that at any time I can stop that. At any time I can say, you're not the man to do that. At any time I can change my mind. I am so empowered that I am choosing to surrender because it actually gives me life. That might not be the case for you. And that's absolutely fine. Please listen to this podcast, even if that does not resonate with you. It resonates with me because I'm at this point in being a woman where I'm so I'm so self-assured and and I'm so confident that women and men are completely equal in their value that nothing feels threatened by me letting myself 
go into my feminine, letting go, being led. And what we're going to talk about today is actually being kind of tussled with, with aggression. I love that. I'm going to get really real with y'all. I love being spanked. I love being, I love having my choke held, my, my choke held. I love having my throat held. I love having my hair pulled. There's something about that kind of energy that soothes me. Because most of my day, I spend taking names, building a business, handling bookkeeping, doing all these very masculine things that I actually get nourished by being dominated. And hello, that's why a lot of very powerful men behind the scenes hire dominatrixes. Because it makes them feel nourished to be held down because they're building empires all day long that they secretly just want to be held down, be submissive. It's nourishing to their nervous systems. And who is anyone to say that that's not right, that that's um, repressive or the patriarchy? You wouldn't say that for a man who hires a dominatrix. And if we're so equal as men and women, why would you say that for a woman either, right? So just something I'm dropping in. I, I, I believe that women are, are so entirely equal to men in all value that nothing is taken from us if we choose to surrender and be dominated by the chosen man, not by anybody, not in an unclean container, and not by someone who is unconscious. I feel the difference when I am tussling or in bed with a man who is not connected to his heart and he is spanking my ass does not feel good. Mm -mm, No, thank you. I will want to hiss at that because it doesn't feel like that person is leaning me into my own heart. It actually feels like it's piggy energy and they're getting what they want and it makes them feel powerful. So I'm making this statement because I'm not, I I really want to make sure it's clear that the only way it actually takes us deeper into our spirituality in sex is when our partner is connected to their heart and they're doing it for us. And they're also doing it for them. There's something within them that that takes them deeper into their spirit. And this takes work. I've been doing this work now for years and I've so much more work to do and so much deeper to go. It's not something that I'm going to encourage you to just listen to this podcast and let's go do this. I invite you to do this with teachers first in a contained environment. Go to courses and classes where you're working with certified tantricas and people who know how to hold the container and set it, set the rules, set the scene, because where you do this, it matters. And we'll get into that in this podcast, but I'm just dropping that in today because it feels very, very important. If you enjoy this episode, if you have enjoyed episodes of the past, the best way it turns out to help me get my podcast in that top section, even higher, so more people see it, is to subscribe. iTunes loves when you leave when you leave five-star reviews, but iTunes is really starting to love when you just subscribe. Super easy peasy. So if you want to get a podcast delivered to your phone automatically every Wednesday, just hit subscribe. You will get every episode automatically sent to your phone. You can just open it up. And this doesn't matter if it's Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe all around. And if you do enjoy this, it really, really 
serves the podcast to leave a five-star review and some kind words about what you love about this show. That would feel so good. And if not, that's okay as well. You can send this episode to a friend, maybe a guy friend, uh, maybe a gal friend. You think this would serve her? Those are all wonderful ways to support the podcast for free. Let's go head on over to this episode with Dominic to hear all about how we can have healthy feminine goals, how dark love soothes our heart, and even what drives men a little bit crazy in and out of bed. Let's head on over. have with us joining now Dominic Cortuccio and I am just delighted feeling so nourished by this masculine presence dropping in with us today and I want to give just a small bit of background on how I know Dominic before I officially bring him into this conversation I'm just going to be speaking about him so I met Dominic in the embodied relationship salon which we both do with two of our teachers And Dominic was someone that from the start of that program, I automatically felt really grounded with his breath, with his presence, with his mission. You can just feel it like oozing out of him. And being in this man's presence and knowing his background, especially now, I can see how fiercely uh, he slash you are devoted to your, your mission to build a new way for men to be walking around through this planet. And that's what we need more of in this world is people who are willing and ready to stand up, to pave a new way and to do it boldly, like with so much, you have so much confidence. So I, I just really am grateful for this man's presence in, um, in the salon over the past nine months that we've been diving deep and it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. So Dominic, officially welcome to the show. Thank you, Madeline. And because this is your show, you probably don't have a lot of opportunity for people to acknowledge the work that you've done because you're interviewing others. So to give me a moment, one of the things that I've witnessed in spending the last nine months in these workshops with you is that you have a deeply practiced feminine And I've given you this feedback before in private moments, but your ability to transmit what you are feeling, to drop deep into that emotion and to allow me to experience that, to reveal the truth of your heart regularly is very well practiced. And you can evoke many things from me and my masculine that others who are more closed or haven't done the work that you have yet, um, you're able to get me to do things to move into that space with much more ease and effectiveness because of the work that you put in. Mm, thank you. I'm, oh, I'm receiving that fully. And as you were talking, I was thinking about our, our last practice together. <laughs> Just like, can we share a little bit of like what we've, so people have a little bit of a mental picture of like the kind of work that we've done together. hundred percent. How did we, yes. how did this practice go? Yes. So there were 
uh, four of us in a, in a group, in a pod. It was you, another woman, and another gentleman. And so the women were practicing their feminine, the men were practicing masculine, and it was my turn to embody this shadow side of myself. And mm. one of the darker energies that I've wanted to work on is this killer, right? This killer that I have inside of me, this silent assassin. So there's this part of me that would kill for the people that I love, would strike down any injustice. Like I would, I would be swift. There wouldn't be collateral damage, right? Like I could, I could precisely take you out. And there's that part of me that's been told that's not okay, right? Like it's, 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 I mean, obviously I'm not talking about actually killing someone in real life, but like that, that ability to step into that darker energy in this contained space gave that part of me room to breathe. So my job in that moment was to, to demonstrate in what's called sacred theater, basically acting out what it would be like to be this silent killer, uh, the silent assassin. And Madeline and this other woman were to be the recipients of that. And that was a real edge for me because not only have I been taught how to treat women from my first teacher was my mother, amazing, like taught me respect for women and, um, and, and then all of the other women coaches that I've had and guides over the course of my life and friends. I have a deep rooted respect for women. So to show this like killer edge to, to order Madeline around to say, get on your knees and to, you know, maybe pull her hair, maybe put my hand on her throat. Like those were all very deep edges for me. I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I'm doing, if, if I'm allowed to do this. And the first round of that exercise I go through with like what I think I, and I'm reading Madeline and this other woman to see like, am I, am I going too far or whatever? And I felt like I'd really pushed well past my comfort zone. After round number one, they all gave me feedback. And Madeline, one of the things that you said and, and the other feminine partner said was, I wanted more aggression, right? Like I wanted more roughness. I wanted more... And I think this, I said more violence. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, more yeah. violence on yeah. my face. Which blew my mind. And can you tell me, like, so I, I imagine, right, for someone who's listening right now, they're probably like, whoa, what do you mean more violence? Like, right. how did that recur to you? The way that I see the, like, certain words is going to be different from the way anyone else hears and feels about certain words. You know, violence to me really meant I want more of your masculine risk in that moment. It's probably different for other people. But whenever I said that, and whenever I'm thinking of that word, I mean conscious violence. That's the distinction. Very different from unconscious. Conscious violence meant I want you to feel my heart as you grip my throat and grip it a little tighter. Mm. So when I say more violence, I just mean literally use even more heart as you go even tighter, even more risk. Because when your heart stays connected and you're with me and you're maybe even holding eye contact, while you're shoving me around with love, like not only am I feeling very surged from that because it's part of my taboo because you're feeding like my taboo there um, and pushing me to the edge, but in a way where I, I, I actually feel safe to go, go to a place of maybe a little more pain because I mm. kind of like pain. I mean, that's, I, I do. It, the problem is, is when it's unconscious, it's not intentional, it's not directed it's not in a container. 
And what you're saying is so important, Madeline. And you and I had had maybe seven or eight months of history leading up to that moment. Yeah. So there was like this baseline of trust. There was another woman who was part of the group who had, I'd met at a previous event. So it was like she had a feel for me. She had followed my work. And, and so like these are all really important parts of the conversation to bring in because it wasn't like meeting someone for the first time who was like more violence. I think that what you were asking for around this conscious violence had in part to do with everything that you'd mentioned, the history in our relationship. And it's making me think of like, over the last three or four years, as I've really started to go deep into my inner work, and I started my inner work about 10 years ago, but like really going into the deep space around intimacy, I've found over the last three or four years, my romantic partners have been calling from my dark side, hardcore, like, I, I, so my, my natural um, way of being intimate is I'm, I'm quite loving. I, am, I like to go slow. I like to feel. I like to have heart open connection. And, and so do my partners, but like, they, like not just one woman, but you know, three or four women, and I haven't had a ton of partners over the last three or four years, but three or four women were like, I want you to fuck me. I want you to rape me. I want you to bend me over and spank me. I want you to choke me. Like, those kinds of things that they were calling for that felt, they, they felt hard for me. You know, I was like, but I, but I don't do this to women. This is not. And what I was recognizing is that as I became a more trustworthy man, they felt more and more comfortable and safe to open up their carnal desires. And like you said before, like part of your taboo is, you know, experiencing that because they knew that ultimately what underlies like where I'm coming from is respect, trust, and love. So it can allow me the latitude to bring them to darker places. And that has been like one of my biggest lessons in doing this work. Mm. I read a post recently that was talking about dom and, and subs and the dynamics of it and what it really means. On one layer, if someone is new to this work, it feels like but I lose my power when I let someone have that kind of aggression towards me. Um, and so I'm making it very clear that in just like the post that I read about this dom-sub dynamic, what you're doing is saying, you have earned my trust yep. and you have proven to me that it's a good thing to trust you. It actually leads me to good places when I hand over responsibility to you for a bit. doesn't mean that you, you're, you're surrendered and waving a white flag and you no longer have any control or say. It's the fact that you have, you have this, um, I would say, proven track record because it does require slowing down with someone to get to this place. It's not just from the start. But in relationships specifically, when someone has proven that they lead you well, to good places might not always be what you want, but it's what you need. And they see something deep within you. And maybe it is like going back to what we're talking about. Maybe like the guy that I'm dating right now, I told him like, I've been so in my, my masculine recently, please know that I need a very dark spanking when I see you next. And he was like, don't worry, I'm going to be spanking you. Cause like, like now I'm so open with what I need. And I know yeah. man, I've been like, I feel so anal lately. Like just everything is all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And, and like my conscious masculine man is going to be the one to put me in my place because he has proven he can do that. And it's nourishing. Yeah. So for you, like wanting, I, I can totally see that because you have such a kind and loving heart and that's one flavor that the feminine loves. The, the feminine typically 
when she's in her sovereignty and making the choice to do so, also knows that she can be greatly benefited from this delicious warrior protector killer energy. Yeah, and the, what, what you're saying is that the, this is not a relinquishment of power. Mm-hmm. And, and as a masculine, how it feels to me, it's actually, it's actually the height of your power to be able to discern that I am someone that you are bestowing this honor of trust within. It is, it is the deepest, it is the deepest acknowledgement. And I, like just hearing you say, I need a dark spanking. Like that is power. That is, that is the height of it. Because not only do you know what you need, you know how to communicate it, and you know to, how to identify the man that is worthy of, of, of giving that to you. That is, that is ultimate power. And we experience it. I experience it as just that. Wow. I, I, that, that chunk right there, uh, I just have goosebumps all over my body because you just nailed everything so perfectly. Like I'm going to have to go back and just like create a little snippet out of that and just replay it all the time because that was <laughs> so spot on. Is like I know what I need because I've done my own inner work. Yep. So that's already very helpful. Instead of saying, I wish he knew what I needed. Why doesn't he know what I need? I'm resentful already setting him up for failure because he doesn't know what I need. Like I know exactly what I need because I can see my like wavering between like this, like really in my masculine. And I know what serves me is to be put in my place and be in the feminine. And it's, it, it, see, it's already opening up something within me that, 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 that then the world can be gifted by because I feel you know, open. And the same thing going back to, to you before we tie up this experience portion of the podcast. <laughs> um, but like I was saying, your, your heart is so, so genuine and so kind and that flavor is so delicious. And there's a deep yearning in the feminine to know that their partner can hold all of them. And there's more trust whenever there is that, what's the right word? aggression side like conscious aggression the conscious warrior right like the one the one who can like who can swiftly put her in her place who can who can put a boundary up and say enough uh right like those kinds (laughs) of things and then but then also for her to know that like when i go out in the world and there's someone who presents a threat to us or you know like that could that could bring upon an injustice to someone else who can't stand up for themselves to be able to know that like I can step up and hold that mm. right. Or when the situation becomes too chaotic, like that I've got it, I can handle it. She needs to be able to see that and to feel that. And so, yeah. It, and I think that's, that's one of the things that I would love for more men to know is especially men who are working on opening their heart is yes, women want to feel your open heart, but they also don't want a soft man. And when I, when I say by soft, it's softness is not, it's not a negative word, but when you're, when you have just the open heart and you don't have that conscious warrior and you don't have that ability to lay down a boundary, you don't have that ability to stand up, then she loses some respect for you because she knows that she can step all over you and maybe she still loves you. She just doesn't want to fuck you the same way. Right. And I, and I've certainly seen that with some of the men that, uh, that have come through the salon, but also some of the men that, um, you know, I've coached before too. She will secretly begin to resent, resent you for letting her getting, get away with that, getting away with that. I've had a lover that was all heart and I had a lover that was all warrior. And I need to know that 
depending on what the moment calls for, we can both meet the occasion. Like same for me. Like, I mean, I've been at one point in my life, um, just like, uh, I would say, um, what's the car- the Oracle card or tarot card. That's more stern, like the, pr- the high priestess of just, duh, 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 duh. and then I've been like the ooey gooey inner child flower power just all over the place. And I want to find this place in the middle. And I think, that's what we're all doing right now is figuring out what we need uh, in partnership and being responsible for that. And then also doing what we can to call that forward in the person across from us. Yeah. Okay. So um, today, one of the things you talk about so well, especially for men, because you are a men's leader. And I, I would love to hear a little bit about your background on this podcast as well, just to what got you here. Um, But just so everyone listening to this, where we're going, there is this movement and this trend that we are seeing in the world right now, which is so beautiful in so many ways of women stepping into their, their feeling more. That's what I teach. How do you get in your feeling? Like that's so important. And we do not want to be losing sight of the doing portion, the moving, the forward, how to combine both our feeling and build the feeling and understand the feeling but also get out of bed each morning and eat the way we need to eat to feel our best. And if we want to create a business and be a creative, how to do that with structure so you actually do it. And this is what you do specifically for men. That's like your how to be a man amongst men is um, your podcast title. But you have such a large female audience too. The females of the world want to know how to support their men in being this way, but also like there's so many nuggets. The masculine is the masculine is the masculine within all of us. So that's where we're headed. Share a little bit more about your journey and story, and then we'll get into that and how it applies to women. Awesome. The the men that I work with are a particular type of men around, the best way to describe them is they are publicly decorated and privately confused. Right. So they're, they've achieved that traditional level of success, right? Uh, They've made money. They have a certain level of social status. They probably have families. And then internally they're feeling bored, restless, trapped in the life they've created for themselves. And they don't know why. And the other audience that I tend to work a lot with are women, successful women in male dominated businesses. So the reason why these two groups exist is because I spent 15 years in financial services working for a Fortune 100 company called Prudential Financial, and I ran a large sales organization um, for the eastern half of our country. They had a $1.4 billion sales goal, like high stakes. I had an amazing career, 15 years in this one company. I never wanted to look anywhere else, even though like, I never was really interested in the business to begin with. Like I just kind of followed this default path, go to college, you know, go, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job where I could excel, where I could make good money. Um, I could be a breadwinner, you know, set myself up for a future of opportunity. And I did all those things and it was great. And in the financial services arena, if you do well, you can, you know, you can put some money away. And so there was like, I hit some of these goals that I wanted to, and I had a certain level of freedom with where I wanted to go next. But when I turned 30, and I'm 41 now, when I turned 30, I had by far the best year financially. Um, I tripled my sales goal. It was kind of like one of those magical years. They rewrote the compensation plan after like that year because it was just like, we can't pay someone like, you know what I mean? It was like that kind of thing. 
And when I hit that year, it was like, oh, this is as good as it gets. Like financially speaking, I kind of was, and I, I, it was the first time I became number one in the company for that year amongst the salespeople. I was younger than pretty much anyone doing the job. So like I hit these things that I wanted faster than I thought I would get. And the feeling wasn't there. Like the, the feeling that I thought this like, oh, I'm going to hit this, this blissful state of Narnia that will now, that will now tell me I'm okay. Like I'm, but it didn't come. And when I started to project out for the rest of my career, if this is as good as it gets and it doesn't feel very good, I'm probably not going to have another year like this for a long time, if ever. Then that really started to scare the shit out of me, like what the rest of my life could feel like. And I had really no other direction where to turn. I didn't know, you know, like I'd just been following this path my whole life of what I was supposed to do. So that was really the first time that I turned to someone to ask for help. Because as a man, you don't ask for help. That's what I was taught. And of course, like most men do, I went to the, you know, the woman in my life who I know that could not judge me, who could nurture me. Her name is Grace Gold. And she's like one of my you know, deepest, divinest friends of my life, still continues to be. And she pointed me in the direction of personal development. You know, I got the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. She got me the way of the superior man by David Data. Um, and then she pointed me to Landmark Forum for, you know, the personal development work. And then that began, she created a monster. That's how I ended up in this world of personal development. I left Prudential Financial back in 2016. And since then, I've been working with those men who are publicly decorated, privately confused. And more recently, over the past year or so, speaking to many women's groups, and I ran my own women's retreat here for high-performing women who have built their entire careers, you know, I'm talking 20, 30-year careers, VP, senior VP, business owners, um, in male-dominated environments where they are super successful in their masculine energy, um, but they're exhausted, uh, their intimate lives are in chaos, and they're, they're in this chronic state of guilt around anything self-care-oriented. So... I think that brings us up to speed with all the things. Beautiful. Quick question just popped in my head. Do you ever wish that you had all of this information, the feminine, masculine polarity, nonviolent communication, uh, the landmark forum, all of this stuff back in your 20s? <laughs> I wish I had these in my single digits. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I wish is, is I, I think things like mindfulness, things like, um, learning how to feel my emotions, to, to name the emotion, to, to move through the emotion, to identify the emotion I want to feel next, like emotional fluency, the masculine and feminine polarities. Uh, yeah, all of this stuff would have been really useful. I saw, I saw this uh, meme on Instagram once where it was like, hey, I'm really glad we spent an entire year learning about parallelograms because it came in real handy during parallelogram season this year. You know, like instead of learning how to do your taxes, instead of learning how to communicate your emotions, it's like we learned about the stuff that maybe a, like a one decimal point of the, of the population will ever put to use. So yeah, I, I wish I had this a long time ago. Now, having said that also, this was my personal journey, yeah. you know, and, and there, there's that, there's something to be said for that too. Excuse me while I interrupt this program to bring you the Feminine Spirit School. The Feminine Spirit School is the all-in-one stop shop 
for all things feminine and masculine, creating your own feminine fire, your own feminine flow, your own heart. I get emails all the time from people saying, Madeline, I love hearing about the feminine masculine, but how is it that I create my own feminine? How is it that I reveal my feminine? If I really want my partner to step up and lead me more, what does that look like for him? And the truth is the focus isn't supposed to be on him. You can create a more polarized relationship by going deeper into your own feminine. Take the focus off your lover, your partner, or your bumble dates, because that's not where the shift is going to happen. You cannot change anyone else. In fact, that emasculates him. What you can do is go deeper into your own feminine and learn what it looks like to feel pleasure in your body, to open your own heart in the moments you want to withhold and close, to heal your ancestral lineage. Maybe the women that have come before you have not had a voice. So learning how to speak your own truth again. And I don't just mean that in the new agey, like speak your truth, but I mean legitimately go into that throat chakra and clear it out and let sound come out. Sound that reveals how it is that you feel about something. If you want to learn the tools and the practices and the embodiment practices that I do on a daily basis, the ones that have changed my life, the ones that have led me to men who are of this very high caliber and have helped me step into my inner child and go back into those woundings and heal them and get into my sensuality again, coming from a religious upbringing where that was not allowed. If you want to learn all these practices and tools and have two live Zoom embodiment calls with me where I lead you through embodiment with other soul sisters then come join us. We have about 10 more days left of the early bird for the Feminine Spirit School Live, which is for anyone who is craving to go into your feminine. This is the place to do it, especially if you've been wanting to do one-on-one work with me, but the time hasn't been right. This is the best place to go. This is my lowest offering with that one-on-one connection with me without it necessarily being one-on-one because I made this course so that I could control how you learned about embodiment, polarity, feminine, masculine. I wanted you to learn it in a certain way. So I created this course that's really structured to help you go into the feminine, the masculine, sensuality, inner child, ancestral healing, shadow work, all these things in a way that gradually led you deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's not blasting your nervous system with too much at once. So go ahead and check out the link mattymoon.com forward slash feminine dash spirit where you can sign up you can see testimonials you can learn more see who is leading guest practices because we do have some guests come in and lead things and all the other perks included in it so join now while the early bird special is still up it's going to be taken down in about 10 days and for the first 10 women who join they also get a free one-on-one session with me we're almost out of those so If you're curious about getting a one-on-one, you can also email me, but chances are if you're listening to this podcast now, we still have some up and available, and I'll let you know if you just message me on DM whether or not those are still available. All right, so that's all that I want to share about the Feminine Spirit School. I can't wait to see all of you who join. We begin January 6th officially together, and keep in mind you have lifetime access. So if you're a busy gal, you got a lot of things going on starting in January, you can sign on up, and then you'll have your entire life to go through in a way that feels easy and breezy and luscious and pleasurable, because the way you learn about the feminine is just as important as what you learn about the feminine. 
Let's head on back over. Being in the feeling of life, it can be so immersive. You know this, like it just feels like your whole body is being swallowed up by an ocean. And sometimes that feels to some people like excruciating and to some people it feels incredibly opening. And sometimes it's a combination of both. And one of the things I'm really passionate about, and you're just the perfect person to speak on this, is how to be in that and then also be able to kick butt and take names in the world. Um, I'm feeling really on fire about this recently just because I have woken up to a lot of my own stories about being a human design projector and being an empath and being an introvert and like the world, oh, I take on so much energy. And I've noticed that that's a way that I've, I've stayed small and I've lived in the world of I can't or I'll try. And I'm so over that because I'm, I'm better than that and I'm stronger than that. And so are all the women who listen to this show. So if we could create like three ways that women can begin to create their own um, mental, not toughness, but- I like, got another word for you. Yeah, right, for sure. Okay. So uh, Madeline, what you're referring to is one, one of the most popular podcasts that we've run on my podcast, which we've just, by the way, renamed. It's called The Great Man Within Podcast. Mm-hmm used to be called the man amongst men, is five practices to make you a mentally tougher man. And the reason why we did that podcast is because most men think that they're mentally tough. But in my experience, most men will collapse when it comes to an argument with their feminine partner. They'll collapse when it comes to you know, feeling overwhelmed by their work. And collapse comes in many different forms, right? Collapse could be drinking too much. Collapse could be becoming a workaholic, gambling, withdrawing, isolating, porn. There's any number of ways. Pick your poison. I call it mental toughness because my audience is primarily men and that's the language that they'll listen to. But what I'm really Trojan horsing is building their mental capacity. Uh, yeah. And it's actually less about their mental capacity. It's really their emotional capacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't use the word emotions in a title of a podcast because guys won't listen to it. So I'm just learning like where that meet them where they are, guide them. So with your audience, what we're talking about here is really starting to develop a mental and emotional capacity. And that's a depth and a breadth, right? And, and also being able to pull on these levers of masculine and feminine energy. And one of the, 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 the beautiful parts of my journey is that I had a chance to spend 30 plus years of my life in the masculine dominated world that I lived. Masculine, left brain oriented, goal setting, goal crushing. You talk about financial services and like massive goals. It all comes down to these masculine, here's a goal by when. And in sales, it's even more masculine and rigid. It's if you make 500 phone calls, you'll get 400, you know, you get 100 meetings. And of those 100 meetings, you know, 25 of them will turn into clients. Like it's, it's very rigid in those numbers. But if you stay true to that, it typically shakes out. You hit your numbers. I had a chance to see a lot of people do very well in that space, Madeline. But they're also completely devoid of their feeling, right? That's why like these people burn out. And that's why a lot of my work is helping people burn out because they miss the feeling. They, they override it. Now, over the last three and a half years, I've had a chance to go into this arena where people are working in their feminine, tapping into what they're feeling moment by moment, allowing versus the going out and the doing. And when I see the pendulum swing too far to that end, then what I end up seeing is people, and this is not just women, but men who are cultivating this too, 
they become slaves to their emotions and they get dragged around like when it's too far in the extreme they get dragged around by the wild horses of their emotions and they'll wake up one they'll say i want to write a book or i want to launch a business and i want to get 20 clients into this program over the next 90 days and that feeling is so real it's so rich it's so profound like maybe your body lights up like the 4th of July fireworks and you're like you know on a deep level this is what you want and then you wake up the next morning without explanation but like the anxiety is there, the lack of motivation is there. And you're like, you know what, maybe, and then like you allow that to become the emotion of the moment. And then you're like, you know what, I'm just going to take this day off. And then the next day becomes the same thing. And then you're like, you know what, maybe that was just a pipe dream. Maybe that wasn't a real feeling. What it's really is potentially just resistance from this like big thing that felt so powerful for you. So again, on the ends of the spectrum, I can see people getting dragged around by their emotions and you know that's happening when you start a lot of things and you don't finish them. Um, you get really fired up and passionate about something only to, to, to like leave it open-ended before you finish it. And then you start to get in this negative mind state of, oh my God, I can never finish anything. And that starts to spiral on itself. The other extreme end of the spectrum is like you just purely live by structure, goal setting, goal crushing, ignoring your feelings and emotions. And when you achieve those goals, like in many cases, most people don't even feel the success because they've just spent so much time um, overriding, suppressing their feelings. So one way, Madeline, that I've really seen the balance come back, like being able to pull these to create this beautiful dance between your masculine and feminine energies is if you can really feel into, so I, I use the feminine energy to feel into like, what is it that I want that would light me up? And one of the ways that I did that is to just listen. And a few months ago, this major vision came to me around, I want to help 10 million men make a 10 year commitment of doing inner work on themselves. Like if 10 million men could make a long-term commitment to doing inner work on themselves, if they had a men's group that they can meet with regularly, if they had a path to learning emotional fluency and mindfulness and refining whatever works for them in the community of other men, then I could actually help to create a tectonic shift in masculinity, which also helps to elevate and accelerate what women are doing, right? Hmm. That happened through listening, my whole body lit up. And it also provided this sense of like, not just excitement, but like a knowing that that was my path. That came from being in my feminine energy. And then I wanted to leverage my masculine uh, energy around, well then if that's gonna be possible over a 10 year period and that, that requires like a commitment, then what do I need to do over these next 30 to 90 days? Right? Like what would need to be possible at the end of these 90 days? And that's, that's a masculine exercise, you know, well, over these next 90 days, then I would want to hire somebody that's going to be a part of my team to help me build that out. I would want to have a game plan for 2020 as to like, what's the program I'm going to launch that starts to, you know, like put numbers in this group in a community of men. And like, you know, I had a few of those masculine things. And, and so I also anticipated the ups and the downs of my emotions. That, this is like a huge part of the process. So 
I anticipated that there were going to be days where I would feel so lit up, so clear that this was my divine path. And I also anticipated there were going to be days where I woke up and I was fearful and I knew I was going to face rejection and I was going to want to say, fuck it, that I would want to have days where I would just watch TV for hours and escape and numb out. And knowing that some of those were going to come and allowing some of those days to happen, but also constantly recommitting to that this big thing that I've envisioned and trusting that, and that's where my feminine energy comes in again, the trust that that path is mine. Even on the days where I feel least connected to it, I could still move forward and not be dragged around with a, a fuck it, it's too hard. I just shared a lot, so maybe I'll, I'll stop talking here and see if, if anything I've just said makes sense and if you need clarification, let's dive in. Everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. And I love that you're bringing in, this is the feminine, this is the masculine, just to kind of remind people at what points are you in the feminine energy and at what points are you in the masculine. Secondly, I love that you, you stated that already, like once you, once you felt the mission from allowing the feminine, you knew, okay, how, like my masculine is going to serve me to get there with structure, with commitment. How do I create that? 60, 90 days. Already there's a nice tight container. You know, in 60 days, you're going to reevaluate or however long you choose. And then also knowing from the start, I'm not always going to feel this way. The way I feel right in this moment, kind of like love. You know, when you're in the honeymoon, you love someone, you also have to know that love is going to, the definition of love to you is going to change and it's a verb. You love and you are committed and you are in relationship if you choose to be, regardless of the feeling. So same kind of thing. A lot of times we'll feel something so strongly and be immersed in that experience in the moment and kind of just assume it's always going to be this way when we feel the slightest shift, especially now in this intuitive day and age, I'm seeing a lot of people wondering, oh, is this now my intuition just saying that it's it's not right? And I, I, I just did a podcast on this and I would be curious to hear your thoughts on when something, let's say it's more days than you would like where you wake up and feel the Netflix yearning and you're like, oh God, I've got to write a post today, but I wrote a post last week and I'm exhausted and I don't want to email any more people. If you begin to notice more of these, here's what I know my audience will be asking, are asking me. How do you know if it's the difference between this is no longer where I want to be and it's my intuition genuinely saying, turn around, go back, exit somewhere else, go somewhere else. Or it is the resistance of doing the work. Yes. I love this question. And I'm I'm glad you asked it because I think it's really important to reemphasize something that maybe I hit, but I don't think I, I really, I, I really nailed. The and this is again pulling on the feminine lever. When I when, so I'm just gonna use my own personal example. This idea of having 10 million men on a 10-year path to doing inner work on themselves. The step I had to take that went beyond that was actually the full feeling of having accomplished that. So like fully dropping into the, the like, this is where the, the, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like mm-hmm. really getting clear on, well, if that happened, because right now it's, it just sounds kind of like a, a sentence, 10 million men, 10 year path, whatever. But like to actually envision the world with 10 million men in this unified movement, I'm now I'm picturing the communities they operate in. I'm picturing the businesses that they lead. I'm picturing like the, the woman 
in their lives and the children that they're raising. I'm starting to feel the healing of everyone that's in that ecosystem. I'm starting to look around at the men that like are a part of my tribe and I could see their smiling faces and I could see how trustworthy they've become and watching how they, their journey from the past, you know, 10 years and how they become much mentally tougher, stronger men and more honoring of the feminine, like all of that. I go deep and deep and deep and deep because it's the feeling that I'm after, right? Anytime we set a goal, it's because of the feeling that it's after. So for any one of the women in your community who are thinking about like, I want to build this business. Maybe I have 50 women that I want to be a part of this mastermind or whatever it is that are paying me that I have six figures. Okay. Those are goals, but like really getting clear on what does that then bring to you in your life? You know, the goals themselves may be the finish line. It's like running a race and getting to the finish line. Okay. I've gotten to the finish line, but what happens after I cross the finish line? Well, okay. Now you're a hero. Like now you're, now you've had the life and the freedom that you want. If you can get really clear on what life is like after you've achieved that thing that you want, and if your body continues to light up around that, if, you're, if, if like that essence is, is so deep and so rich, that's when you know during the hard times when you're feeling like there's more of those Netflix desiring days than you know, wanting to do the work days. If you can still go back to that feeling and still feel the payoff of having achieved this thing that you said you want, if you could still feel a glimmer of that, then it's worth staying the course and it's most likely it's some sort of resistance that's causing you to want to watch Netflix versus if there's a complete absence of feeling around that payoff, then potentially it's your intuition telling you it's no longer that important to you. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, it's all so spot on. And what I'll add is that you want to enjoy the process of whatever it is you're creating as much as that end feeling. And I love that you brought that in is the feeling that we're moving towards. And in the realm of online businesses or being a teacher, a lot of times people I've noticed really want to create something because the feeling they will get is possibly validation. So they want to have 115,000 Instagram followers or have a very popular blog because of the feeling of validation. And this is only if it's not, this is, a, this is an unconscious yearning. So it's not that people are just, I really need to be validated. Like this is not something most people know. Madeline, you're hitting the, like the, the essence here. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's most people are actually unclear on why they're going after this thing. Mm-hmm. So, right. So it's like the 115,000 Instagram followers is like, oh, I, I need to get 150,000 Instagram followers. And then you set that into motion and then you wake up one day and you're not feeling connected to it anymore and you want to give up on it. It's because you haven't done the work at the outset, which is the, okay, but if you've got 115,000 Instagram followers, how would your life be different? Mm. What, what would that provide you? What's the payoff for that? And if you said, like what you just said is this validation thing. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's a hell of a lot of work to go through just to get validation. Mm-hmm. Right? Aren't there a number of other ways? I mean, I know a lot of people who have six-figure Instagram followers who don't make a dime, you know, like they're the, mm. you know, and, and then they're feeling unfulfilled. And they, they, they spent all of this 
cosmic energy trying to get there. They're there and now they're, and it's, and it's not very much different than a lot of the men that I work with who have millions of dollars in the bank who have spent decades of their career and have built this entire life around them that their whole life sits upon and they're also feeling wanting. And it's because at the very outset, we are very unclear on what this thing, this arbitrary goal that we establish, and that arbitrary goal is typically masculine. It's a number, right? I want to make six figures. Um, I, want to work, I want to work with corporate women. Um, I, I want this many followers. Those are all masculine goals. But the reason why you set those is because you're after a feeling of some kind. And the feeling, if you aren't clear on that, the very thing you're going after could be the opposite of what you're getting, right? It leaves you feeling empty. Tony Robbins talks about this and he uses the example of uh, Robin Williams. Wait, oh, saying yeah. His name? yeah, and he talks about how Robin Williams was this classic example of someone chasing the arbitrary goal. I don't know exactly how he put it into words, but it was, um, you know, having these movies and, and making people laugh, right? But he said success without fulfillment is, yes. uh, I forgot what the last, dead end. It's Something like the like ultimate that. failure. No, it's like oh. he's like, it's like the ultimate failure. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, ultimate, thank you. Yeah, so success without fulfillment. So the masculine without the feminine is the feeling of, in this case, the ultimate failure. Wow. I've never heard that quote broken down that way. If you think about that mm. success without the fulfillment, that's the masculine without the feminine is mm. the ultimate failure. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This goes for everyone listening to this. I mean, this doesn't matter if you identify as woman or man, like for anyone. And this is important to know when you're building anything, when you're writing a book, like why are you writing it? Is it writing for the, the fame aspect or is it because of the impact and dare I say pleasure? The reason why I show up on this podcast is because of the pleasure I get from it. I mean, it's been, it's effortless for me to do this really at this point. I just, it's just built into my body and who I am. It's like so much joy for me. Whereas doing a webinar did that maybe two times and the feeling was so opposite and it wasn't worth it because I didn't enjoy the journey. I don't know huh. why webinars just drive me crazy. Huh. It doesn't work for me. So huh. being able to pick and choose too, like these are the structures I'm going to use because they also do to some extent bring me joy. doesn't mean I love brushing my teeth every day, but I do find something that I enjoy about it, having fresh breath and healthy teeth. <laughs> like there's still something to it that like I can, I can sink into the pleasure of that. Yeah. Right. Like I can sink into the pleasure of doing my taxes because I'm taken care of. I did what I'm supposed to. My future is feeling pretty safe in regards to that arena. Absolutely. So what you're, what you're, again, like you're, you're just giving more examples of, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. Right. So like even this, even this example of doing taxes, if you can connect to the end state of having done the taxes and that like all of your numbers are in order, like, you can feel, you know what? I took care of myself, mm. right? And, and like maybe I'm getting a tax return. I can connect to that. Um, look how independent I am, like being able to do these things on my own versus having to pay someone. Like if you can connect to the end state of why you're doing what you're doing, then the process becomes, I mean, it could be pleasurable in some cases, mm. right? So here, here's another example of like another case. Like my, 
my parents are, are now undergoing this massive process. We found out that like our whole home has like molds everywhere. It's like Chernobyl. We had like a thing run. It's like toxic. So in a very short period of time, had to like move every item of content out of our entire house. And it's a big house, right? And in a short period of time, my parents are in their 70s. That is not fun on any level whatsoever, right? And I'm the one who's now managing that process because like, I, I, I feel like I'm the most capable of being able to handle that. Now, if I'm not connected to the end state of I'm now creating a healthier environment for my parents, I have this opportunity to step up and to really care for them because they cared for me and set me up in my life in ways that most people will never have the benefit of. I get a chance to explore the depth and the breadth of my capacity to love them and to handle stressful situations and to manage it with love and presence. Now this thing that would typically occur to me and to many other people as this massive inconvenience is now occurring to me as a, a beautiful opportunity to practice, to spend more time with my parents, to show them how much I love them. And is it desirable and pleasurable every moment of the day? Absolutely not. I spent the two hours before we got on this call calling carpet cleaning companies and getting quotes. I don't really particularly love that, but I do love being able to show and demonstrate to my parents how much I love them. So you can do this with anything. And I think I, just one last thing to drop, it, to drop it down for maybe the woman who's listening, who's maybe feeling overwhelmed by all of this. Let's do a one-week experiment, seven days. Take something that you've been thinking about doing, you know, whether it's wanting to, to work out regularly, whether it's to create beautiful one-on-one -on -one time with your partner, whether it's getting eight hours of sleep every night, whether it's creating one piece of content for your business, like whatever those things are, can you for seven days create a goal for yourself? Don't make it overwhelming. Just something that you know at the end of the seventh day, if you were to do it, that you would feel a certain way, mm. proud about yourself, accomplished about yourself, having laid a foundation, and then drop into the feeling of already having accomplished it. Make sure the payoffs are there. And if your body's not lighting up, then refine it <sighs> until a place where it is. And then once you've got the good stuff, right? Once you feel that, oh yeah, that's it. Then map out your plan. What am I going to do for the next seven days? Play with that. And also allow yourself the freedom and the, and the uh, permission to some days feeling like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. But, but to get back on the horse just for seven days. Mm. Make the commitment to yourself that you'll push past the resistance. Even if you think your intuition is telling you to opt out, seven day commitment. That's mm. it. Oh, so good. So, yes, please, everyone. Seven day commitment. I love the container of that. It's only seven days. And you might as well take some cold showers while you're at it because that's going to get you immediately embodied into that state of doing something that might be kind of uncomfortable and help you like tap into that energy. Beautiful. So I want to make sure that we're honoring of your time. And there's one little thing we didn't get to get to on, on this uh, episode, but maybe if we can go through it really quickly, if we have enough time. Um, you surveyed some men about things that drive them crazy in, in bed specifically. Yes. Actually or in or out of bed. 
Oh, okay, great. So that was going to be possibly one of the focuses of today's podcast, but what we just covered was so freaking good. So let's do this like a quick fire round way. Um, Lay it on us. What are some things that drive men wild? Yeah, things that women do that drive men wild. I I want to say the overarching theme, Madeline, was expression and no words. A lot of the examples I got back were full expression and, and like the, the, they didn't say, I don't want words. It was like the absence of words as part of this, like what they want. So, right. That hits right to the heart of what you talk about quite a bit. All right. um, This one's fun. Play fights. Mm. Men love, and I, I know I could speak to this personally. Men love play fights. So when the woman does something maybe to antagonize, like a man's about to eat, she grabs his fork. Or she'll grab the remote out of his hands. The remote is like a thing that the man wants in his hands. And she'll look at him and hold it to her like, come get this, right? And then, you know, maybe it turns into a tickle fight or maybe she kind of slaps around. Play fights. Tickle fight. That's so cute. Yeah. Those are awesome. I love it. Cute. Okay. So that's fun. That could also turn into sex, which is a lot of what guys like. Mm -hmm. All right. The mouth. Okay, there's a lot of stuff that women can do with just their mouths that can have us mesmerized. So licking her lips, right? And while making eye contact with her man. Mm. Putting on lipstick while looking at him. Mm. It's just a thing. Like I, 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 I lips, lipstick, lip gloss, um, slowly, seductively. Oh. And I know I have a, like, uh, like a, there was an intimate partner who I was with who was like really awesome at using her tongue during sex, not on me, but just kind of like letting her tongue roll around in her mouth or roll around outside of her mouth while she kept like this eyes locked on me, mesmerized. Okay. And I think the third and final one, I mean, I had a lot of categories here, but just in the essence of, um, of wrapping this conversation, transmitting the pleasure of your body to us. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. like when a woman is in her feminine pleasure, and I had a really, like I've learned this quite a bit in the John Wineland, Kendra Kunoff salon. When women are fully expressing their pleasure, it's show-stopping. It's unignorable. Women that I didn't even think that I would be physically attracted to can cause me to stop in my tracks. Men will walk into fucking building, like we'll walk headfirst into telephone poles. We will crash our cars. When a woman is fully embodied in her pleasure, and that could just be drinking a, a cup of tea that's soothing to her and just watching her like, like drop into relaxation or eating something decadent mm. where she starts to maybe mm, like moan, even what you're doing right now, <laughs> like, mm, Right. There's something that we as men and our masculine, no matter whatever pleasure we're feeling, we can't seem to transmit that the way that someone who's feminine can transmit. And as a result of it, I can feel a fraction of your pleasure and the fraction of your pleasure is better than any pleasure that I can experience. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and the more that I'm spending my time with conscious men doing this work, the more I'm I'm seeing them allow themselves to enjoy the pleasure, and it's only reminding me. Like seeing you, you're like you're giving me feedback of watching me 
feel my body as I'm listening to you and you're enjoying it. And like it, it, it's, we're just constantly feeding each other. When you get into this realm of being around people doing this kind of work, it's amazing. Like you starting to reveal and seeing the masculine, enjoying it and loving it. And then you wanting to reveal more. That's, that's just the, the way that you just said that last part revealing, revealing pleasure. And also bringing it back to one of the first things you said, revealing without any words. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the true art. And that's like, that's a divine teacher for us women used to talking a lot. That's one of the themes I've been really wanting to, to hit home in some of my sessions is around like, this isn't needed. This talking isn't needed as much as we think. They won't understand if I don't add these other sentences. I just have to say everything else I need to say. And instead, you can reveal how it feels and hit home so much deeper and transmit how you're feeling and without any words. Well, that, that's going back to where we started this conversation where I acknowledged you for your practice and your embodiment. Mm-hmm. It's like I've witnessed you many times where – like where I've done sacred theater and I've transmitted something that didn't feel good for you. You'd be like, mm, right. Very quickly. And I'd be like, Oh, okay. That was like a quick piece of feedback. And then there were times where I would say something, you'd be like, ah. and I'd be like, Oh, okay. So it's just those little micro movements of expression, zero words that very quickly communicate to me where I stand with you. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and then it alleviates the, the, the need for words. It's much more quick and it's much more precise. Mm, beautiful. Yes. So Dominic, before we let you go, where can people connect with you on the online space? Yeah. The, the podcast is something we're extremely proud of. So and like you mentioned before, Madeline, like the um, half of our audience ends up being women. So the Great Man Within podcast is something that um, I would love everyone to take a listen to. And we also have our website called doinnerwork.com. And we have a few free downloads for people who are like looking to get into this stuff. So we actually have a one-page PDF on the five practices to make you a mentally tougher man. So for like the women who want to download that and like potentially pass it on to their partner, doinnerwork.com forward slash five practices, five, the number five and practices, all one word. So do innerwork.com forward slash five practices. And on that page, you'll see, we have like a bunch of book lists too, like 12 books, every man must read mm. 15 books written by women that we love. Um, so those are great resources for men. And if you just go to do innerwork.com forward slash five practices, mm. all that stuff is there available for free download. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, if you were to say that there was one book everyone should go out and get right now, which one would that be? Um, Modern Manhood by Cleo Stiller. She just released it about a week and a half. Well, I mean, by the time this oh, thing, wow. so she released it in November. Cleo Stiller is an Emmy nominated reporter. She decided to write a book called Modern Manhood, uh, the conversations about the complicated world of being a good man today. And I was interviewed for the book. A few others, like Brian Stacy, who's my podcast partner, were interviewed. It is a really well thought out hmm. uh, piece of literature that advances the conversation around what are the new rules of masculinity? How are men um, and women working? To, how can men and women work together uh, to heal some of these wounds and to redefine the rules of our engagements going forward around dating, sexual pursuit, money, polarities? So Modern Manhood is a book that I'm recommending to everybody. 
Awesome. I will make sure that I have the podcast, the free downloads, and this book, all the links to this on the avail- available on the show notes for this episode. Dominic, thank you so much for joining us on Mind Body Musings, for your time, your energy, um, your, your guidance and leadership and the work that you're doing in the world. And if anyone is in New York City, go sign up for his event series, The Discerning Dick, which yeah. is like the coolest title ever. I've been to an <laughs> event. They, he does an amazing job holding a great container. Go to those events. Take your partners. Take your, your guy friends. You're not going to want to miss it. Yeah. And now you can sign up there on dowinnerwork.com. Amazing. Dominic, thank you, thank you, thank you. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.